Many are getting rich. Many are failing. And many have fallen in their faith. Learn how to become an overcomer in this end time through the anointed teachings of Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa. Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa is an emerging voice and a leader in this end time movement of faith. His message centers on faith, the Holy Spirit, and the realities of the new creation in Christ. He is the senior pastor of Overcomers Nation Church and president of Ebenezer Okonifa Ministries in Accra, Ghana. Become inspired, empowered, and enlightened as you listen to the life-transforming message of God's Word through His special servant. And now, today's message. Father, we are grateful to you tonight. Speak to us, minister to us, words that will bless our finances, that will take us to the next level in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the Living God. Somebody shout a big Amen. Yeah. Give a clap offering to the Lord. Then you take your seat in the presence of the Lord. Glory to Jesus Christ. Financial prosperity is possible. Somebody, tell somebody beside you, financial prosperity is possible. Tell another person, financial prosperity is possible. No, the person is not listening to you. Look at the person, eyeball to eyeball, nose to nose, and tell the person, hey, listen to me, financial prosperity is possible. Hey, you look at anybody, I look at somebody, talk to somebody right now, and say, hey, 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 <laughs> I like your own, hey, I don't know who you are talking to, hey, hey, she's going different directions. Amen. But that tells you that she's seen the, her billionaire friends all around there. Yeah, glory to Jesus Christ. One of these days you'll be calling somebody and what you are borrowing will not be a bicycle. You say, Tell me, let me borrow your 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 plane. I want to go to I want to go to Bahamas and come right now. I have given mine to some pastors who do some going somewhere. Oh, let's remember I'm trusting God that a time will come when we want to have a conference that we don't even want to do. A much announcement, but will come one day, we'll all pack ourselves into an aeroplane, go to a certain island that we have bought, and we are going to have that conference over there, and we'll finish the travel back. Is it possible? Yeah, the way you are saying that, yes, I wonder whether you believe. Is it possible? All things are possible if you believe. Hallelujah. And you know, the amazing thing is that what we are saying and we are shouting about, some people are already doing it. Some people are already doing it. They have meetings and conferences, and it is not in the country where they reside. They can get everybody uh, both a jet, and they go to Dubai, or they go to some place where they are going to expect aviation fuel to go and have a meeting which they consider to be top-notch, highly important. And then when they finish, they come back to their countries, and they come back to come and continue whatever they are engaging in. So what we are talking about is actually not far-fetched, because it is a reality that some are working in. And I believe that God wants to raise the children so that we can get to that place, where we can also walk in that. Hallelujah. It is possible that God can raise you to the point where sometimes you want to go for conferences and the conferences will be out of the country and you are not concerned about how much it costs because you can more than settle it. Receive that grace now. I say receive that grace now. 
And so I shall be started sharing on the, in the scriptures. Uh, it is more than you can carry conference uh, about how God has intended that a blessing of prosperity will be abortion. Proverbs chapter number 10, the verse number 22. The blessing of the Lord does what? Come and talk to me. The blessing of the Lord, what does it do? You see, if you don't know the scripture, how can you take the blessing? So I want you to take note of the things that we are studying and make sure they become real to you. Are, are we together? Are, are we together? Everybody open your eyes and look at me. Look at me very, look at me like you have eagle eyes. Amen and amen. Listen to me. It is not the laying on of hands and the prophesying that will bring the prosperity. It is the knowledge that you have. It is the insight that you have. Are we together? If you lack insight, you will pour oil on you to become like a Kentucky fried chicken. Eh? And so you will be a, a poor fried chicken. Are we together? So when I'm sharing the scriptures with you, take note of what I'm saying. If you don't take note of what I'm saying for you to understand is, it will never work. How can you go for a harvest on a field where you have not sown any seed? Are you understanding me? You need to know what to do. You need to know what to do. Joshua chapter 1, the verse number 8. When Joshua wanted to be successful, this is what God told him. He said, this book of the law, look at that. Look at where God starts from. He said, this book of the law. In other words, these principles, what are laws? Laws are principles and instructions. So, every time God wants to construct your life, He starts by giving you instructions. So, if you, a life without instruction will lead to distraction. Information will lead to transformation. Lack of it will result in deformation. So you must be informed. If you are not informed, the end thereof is that you will be deformed. So you must know what I'm talking about. Some of you, if I would have loved it, that you would have come to see me after some of the services. Pastor, you mentioned a scripture in this uh, book, and I didn't really get it. I didn't really get it, but you are not coming. So how do you expect the word to translate and become flesh to you? This book of the law, this book of the law, this book of the law, and it's amazing that I'm talking, somebody just get up and walk out and go and do whatever, lose everything that he said and come back and expect to get 100% what God is making available. No, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. This book of the law shall not now, so it starts telling them that it's about the instructions, and then goes on to tell them what the instructions are supposed to be used for. It shall not depart out of your mouth, one, but you meditate therein. Now, you don't even know the scripture I'm using. Which, how, are you, where, 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 how are you going to get it to meditate on it? How are you going to get to meditate on it? I just quoted the scripture right now from the book of Proverbs. Where did I quote it from? Where did I quote it from? Somebody to that my left, where did I quote it from? Glory to Jesus Christ. God is going to prosper his church. And he's going to build his church. But he doesn't want an outsider to be the one that he uses. You seated in this room, you are the one that God wants to use. Until my prophecy has come to pass. Glory to Jesus Christ. And it's only a prophecy, it is just on observation. This is prophesying by observation. This is important too. Hear me. Businessmen and senior officials who go for very important meetings, they barely get up to go in it. Because they feel if they leave, they will miss a certain detail. They will miss a certain detail. We must 
God. It's not just about coming to have a certain voodoo experience and say, oh, oh, and, 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 and the power has come up for me and then I fall down. And then, no, 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 no. By the time you leave here, you should know something. Which you know it works. It's a kingdom principle and you are going to use to your benefits. Are we together? Religion causes the mind of the Christian to die. And so you see a Christian who will be a professor, yet the mind is not working. He has put the mind to sleep because he thinks that, oh, religion means that God uh, is just about some, some, some uh, esoteric experience where you feel something and then, no, we are not thinking. And that is why the, the, the unbelievers who don't know the truth get us so much. Because sometimes some of the things that we engage in, if we were thinking, we will not do it. This faith that we have received is real. It's real. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth. I am the truth. In other words, there is a place for truth in our faith. Glory to Jesus Christ. Are we together? Are we together? So when you leave this place, what truth are you living with? He said, cleanse them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. That word is true. Look at when Jesus Christ came to, uh, came to minister to us on this earth. Did you realize that he shared a lot of words? Most of his ministration was in words. Sharing information. Sharing information. Telling them that the kingdom of God is like unto. The kingdom of heaven is like unto. This is how your life should be. This is what you need to do. This is how you need to carry yourself about. He was giving them instructions and guidance on how they need to live their life. Not how they ought to feel. Not on assumptions. When they asked him that Lord teach us to pray, just like John the Baptist taught his prayer, his disciples to pray. He said, When you pray, pray after this manner. His ministry was always about instructions. When you come to the house of God and you live without instruction, you have not heard from God. Even if you receive a prophecy, you have not heard from God. There must be an instruction. Something that you say, wow, God has spoken to me, and I'm going to act upon it. And woe unto you who are also hard-hearted. And as for you who pregate one pregate, one gamma spirit. Because you lock up the fountains of knowledge. You cut off the supply of grace. Praise God forever. So God wants us to prosper, and the prosperity is on the premise of the instructions that He has given us. Back to Joshua chapter one verse eight. This book of instructions, this book of the law, shall not depart out of your mouth. Let me just give you a quick teaching before I go into what I'm going to, I'm going to share with you today. It shall not depart out of your mouth. A lot of us, our prosperities are in our mouth. I want to start on this because I, it is not part of my messages for this this particular session of school of ministry. You must learn to speak big. You must learn to speak the word of God. You must learn to speak prosperity. When you speak poverty, poverty will follow you. You see, our prosperity is dependent on our faith. Faith is in the uh, uh, dimensions. Faith is in actions. Faith must be in your mouth. Your confessions must express what you believe. If you say you believe it in your heart and you don't speak it with your mouth, it is not faith. And if it is not faith, it's no work. It is not faith, it's not work. It says, it shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein. Your faith or your, your, your faith in financial prosperity should be strong in your heart. It should be something that you know inside you. You have come to accept. Nothing can frustrate that knowledge out of you. It should rise up to the point where nobody can get you or convince you to say you are poor. 
No matter what your account balance may be looking like, no matter what how they describe you, it, it, it must become impossible for you to say you are poor because you have accepted a new reality. Romans chapter 12, verse number 2. The Bible says, be not conformed to this world. So if the world looks at their bank account and they see that it is in negative or it is zero, so they say that we are poor, we are broke. But you see, say that do not be conformed to this world. So don't be like them. If a poor person looks at their account to describe themselves, you must not be like them. You must not what? Are you poor? Are you sure you are not poor? You have five million dollars in your bank account right now. Huh? Do you have it? <laughs> in your bank account right now, do you have it there? But are you poor? But do you have five million Ghana cities? Some people are beginning to know. Is it some have gotten it? Some have not gotten it. Let me ask a question. Do you have five million Ghana cities in your bank account right now? But do you have five million Ghana cities? <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Are you, are you understanding me? Is the what is the reality that you are living by? Are you living by the reality of your bank account or are you living by the reality of heaven? Because heaven is also another kind of bank. And those who are saying, yes, are you sure you really have it? Have you invested enough spiritually and you have that amount? Those are the yes. How, how did you do this? <laughs> and who told you that the bank balance? <laughs> therefore, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. So we have a certain supply in his riches in glory. It may not be reflected in our bank account, but in his riches in glory, there is a supply over there. Are you understanding me? Oh my God, my God. One of these, somebody is going to become so strong in faith. You wake up in the morning, you need 10,000. They say, I take 10,000. You stretch your hands like this. By the time you open the door, 10,000 is waiting for you. It is possible. I said, it's possible. That is how faith works. I take money. Your mouth must pay things. Money is chasing me. All my bills are, are paid for. I don't owe Death is cancelled. You must speak the word that you want to see. You must speak your faith. And that is one of the ways to step into prosperity. You keep it in your mouth. You keep it in your heart. And then observe to do what is written therein. So you must act upon the word. Actions. And one of the actions is praise. Joy. This is a Christian who is not joyous. Who doesn't make noise. Who doesn't celebrate. That Christian, the faith will not work very well. He said, with joy, shall you do what? Draw out of the wealth of salvation. He said, what is the kingdom of God? Righteousness, peace, and what? Joy in the Holy Ghost. So, you must have joy if your faith is going to work. You are not a, a Christian and all the time you are sad, you are moody, you are, you are, you are, oh, no, 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 no. You must be excited and exciting. Are you understanding me? When you come to church, you say, the word of God is coming and then you are, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. You must be. Oh, glory. Something must be bubbling inside your spirit. Something must be alive in your spirit. The word of God is like wine. When it comes into your spirit, it causes you to be full of joy. Have you seen a, a drunkard before? Huh? After he has carried long at the wine parlor. Even if he's sad, all the sad. Even if you realize that no matter how sad they are when they enter the wine parlor, when they come out, they're happy. He may be sick happiness, but they're happy. <laughs> 
Oh my God. Eric, are you, are you sleeping? Amen and amen. Glory to Jesus. Because where I am going in the camera, it looks like either I am going into the... <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. So your boss is sitting behind you, you won't pull your head, brother. Oh, you have two bosses over there. <laughs> Glory to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. You must be joyous. Tell somebody be joyous. Please, when you come to church and you see that you are going to sit beside a moody person, you see that person always moody, wait for another person to sit beside that person. Amen and amen. Very soon I'm going to put a law that the, the usher shouldn't put any moody person in front before you come and affect me with your moodiness. I came to celebrate God. I came to celebrate God. I came to celebrate God. Hey! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give a clap of praise to the Lord. Hey, hallelujah. By the name of the spirit wine. Hey, he's not being drunk wine, but he filled the
So any time you have a seed, there's a potential harvest in hands. Any time you see a seed, you see a seed, and the seed is a prophecy of a forest. No forest came by itself. It came initially as a seed. So the power of a seed is limitless. The power of a seed is limited. It's limitless. The seed is the key to continuous flow of life, supply, and income. If God wants your prosperity to be endless and continuous, He always gives you a seed. Without a seed, you cannot see the next level. Without a seed, you cannot see the next source of uh, the next flow, the next financial flow, the next life. When God created man, in fact, we study from the book of Genesis everything that God created, every living thing that God created, what did He put in there? He put seed in it, so that through that seed, there can be the propagation and the continuation of those species. When the seed dies, that species dies. In humanity also, He put seed in man, both in male and in female. In male, He put the sperm. In the female, He put the egg. All of them are talking about seed, because without those things, human race will come to an end. In animals, you see the same thing. No animal just uh, multiplied by itself. They don't sleep and wake up and then another baby has come. No, there is a seed in that animal. And when that seed is engaged, the next manifestation of life, the continuity of life is engaged. So the seed is the key to continuous flow of life, of supply, and of income. Without the seed, everything comes to an end. The destiny of every forest is in the seed. I've explained that to you already. That also means that without a seed, you are finished. Without a seed, you are finished. Seed faith is telling us our next harvest, our next supply, our next breakthrough, it is always captured in the seed. It is always captured in the seed. It is something that God himself has ordained. He has ordained it to his soul. That the continuity of things shall be sustained within a seed. Within a seed. Do you know that every line is made up of dots? Hallelujah. Yes, the, the, the prophet is prophesying. Glory to Jesus. Do you know that every line is made up of dots? There's no line that exists by itself where you, where you, uh, you, 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 how do you call those, that thing? Uh, amplify, uh, microscope, what does it do? Magnify. Glory to Jesus Christ. You know, sometimes it's, it's, you have to test whether you are helping people know English. Amen and amen. When you magnify a line to its basic units, you rather it's made up of dots. What well, are the mathematicians over here? Praise God forevermore. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> the hands are shooting up. I thought they were farmers, but today they are Glory to Jesus. But Michael can give us a very good. You see, have you realized that when you do graphic design and you. Zoom, zoom, questions. A seed. A seed. A seed. You must understand seed faith. When we talk about seed, don't think that it is something that the church is trying to use to get money from us. No. Go and study the Bible for yourself. From Genesis through to Revelation, you see the Bible talking continuously about a seed. About a seed. So you need to develop what the Bible calls seed faith. Genesis chapter 1 verse 11 to 12. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass. The herb yielding seed, even grass has seed. Even grass has seed. And the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself. So the 
order it was good. Listen, the seed releases the blessing of life and abundance. It releases the blessing of life and abundance. If you want to experience the abundance, it is connected to the seed. Without the seed, the blessing of abundance is never possible. You cannot see its expression. There will always be a limitation where there is no seed. A seed brings abundance. Luke chapter 6, the verse number 38, the Bible says that give, and it shall be given to you. Press down, shaken together, run over. It shall be given to you good measure. Press down, shaken together, running over some men came into your bosom. So you give, your single give. But look at the return that comes. Good, number one was Good measure. Good measure. In other words, there will be no cheating over there. Good measure doesn't mean uh, abundance. It means that the correct measure, you will not be cheated in life. So if you don't have a seed, you will be cheated in life. If you don't have a seed, you will be cheated in life. Good measure. Now when it gets to the good measure, it says that that is the basic, the, 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 the basic level by which God wants to supply to you. So now he says that at that good measure, it will now be pressed down. My goodness. That means that every air pocket must be filled with a grain, shaken together so that there's no space over there at all. How many of you have gone to the market before to go and buy Gary or to go and buy, uh, to go and buy me? You see, when they want to serve you very well, they, when they pack the Olonka, you know what the Olonka is? Olonka, the, the container, the, 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 the can or whatever they are using to serve you, they shake it. Why? Because when they are pouring in there, there may be some parts where air will enter. And so that is no good measure. So they must shake it very well so that it enters in those places. The Bible says, even after that, when a seed is activated, it goes into the level of running over. That does not, that not sound like more than you can carry. That does not sound like more than you can carry. The overflow is connected to the gift, to the seed. The overflow is connected to the seed. It says, shall men give unto your bosom, for with the same measure that you meet out, shall it be measured to you again. So, he's talking about you releasing, and men have, men can give you, but they will never give you except you give. That's what Jesus is teaching over here. The seed activates the harvest. The seed activates the harvest. This is what Paul quoted in Acts chapter 20 verse 35. He said, I've showed you all things. That means that that's how Paul himself lived. How does so liberal you ought to support the weak? For remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. There are some people all the time, they are interested in what will somebody give me? What will somebody give me? They are always interested in ah, how can I how can I get this person? So you realize that they, they know how to make their face more more malicious. Listen, in life, if you want to do very well, don't be looking for pity. Be looking for a seed. They know how to they, 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 they know how to convince every time they are focused is on what somebody will give them. But see, God is telling us that it is more blessed to do what? To, it is more blessed. Do you know what the word blessing means? It is the blessing that makes rich. Oh my god, I wish somebody will get me. It is more blessed to do what? To give. That's just so that the liberal soul shall be patterned. The liberal soul is the one who is generous, a generous giver. That person is not waiting for somebody to come and ask me to give me. The person is always looking for an opportunity to give. You are not truly generous when it is only when people ask you that you give them. True generosity is a heart that is looking for an opportunity to bless others. 
and bless it willingly, without complaint. Without complaint. It must be something that proceeds from your spirit. I see God sending somebody to switch around. Oh, your financial level is changing. I see your financial level is changing. Paul spoke about it in Second Corinthians chapter number 9. I want to read with you from the verse number 6. He said, this I say, he that sweat sparingly. So he's also talking about seed feet. Paul is also talking about seed feet. He that sweat sparingly shall also reap sparingly. In Galatians chapter number 6, he talks about it there as well. What you sow is what you reap. He that sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he that sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap life everlasting. Galatians chapter 6, 8 and 9. And he tells us that do not be weary in well doing. Do not be weary in well doing. For in due season you will reap, listen, if we faint not. So you see why some people end up not getting the harvest. They faint. They faint. I'll talk about that when I'm talking about the principles, a few principles about seed time, about seed feet. A few principles about seed feet. Let's go back to Second Corinthians chapter 9. It says that every man according as he has purpose in his heart. So let him give. Listen to this. Every man according as he has purpose in his heart. Now, people, you see, the poverty mentality is so strong. People use this scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, please. People use this scripture to be a reason why they give a lecture in church. And the Bible says that what I, have, what I have in my heart is what I should give. No, but look at what he's saying. Not gradually or of necessity. It's not really talking about an encouragement for you to give little, but it's telling you that you need to have a heart that is able to give. It's talking about us, not gradually. Not gradually. After. So if you have purpose in your heart, that doesn't mean that your heart is only able to conceive giving God small giving. And that is why you go back to verse number 60, this to the principle, he that sweats perilously. He sweats perilously as though he doesn't want to give. He's given as though they are forcing him. He's given and he can see his whole attitude and demeanor. And you see, when you are coming to give to the Lord, God is not only measuring what is in your heart, He's measuring what is, what is in your hands. He's also measuring your heart. So when you come, you need to come celebrating. Listen, if you give tithe of 10,000 Ghana cities, you should still come with the humility of one, when you will give you one Ghana cities. Because your 10,000 that won't move God. Some people think that it is their tithe that they are using to support the church. Who are you? Is it not pride to think that you are the one supporting the church? You are the one supporting the church. Who is the church for? Who is the, who is the church for? Come on, talk, who is the church for? So you are supporting God. Tell you, congratulate the one who is supporting God. Congratulate the person. Shake that person's hand. Oh, please raise your hand so that they will come and shake your hand. Uh, they have run away. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Hear me. Not gradually. John D. Rockefeller, the world's richest man in at this time, a viewer about some 100 years ago, and we say the money and the wealth and the generational, transgenerational wealth that is left behind, when they quantify it even today, all the rich men, the world's richest men together combined, when they put them together, they, so John D. Rockefeller in his death is richer than them. He's richer than them. Well, you put the prince of uh, uh, 
the man who is dead. He sets up a foundation that until today, even the billionaires of our time are taking donations from him. And this was the man who said that if I not tithe on my first one dollar fifty cents, I will not have been able to tithe on my first one million dollars. Now, this is a story about John D. Rockefeller. When he started tithing, his mother taught him how to tithe. So he left the house, went get a job, and his first salary was one dollar fifty cents. And because his mother, he went to his mother and said, "Mommy, this is what I received." The mom said, "Give God his due." So he tithes on that money and. Anytime he tithes, he started seeing that God started progressing him. He got promotions in the office and then he started seeing progress in life. So he got to a point where he was making somewhere, I think, I don't remember the actual figure, but probably let's say $100. And so $100, the tithe on it is $10. He was like, ah, what is the church going to do with $10? So after that time, $10 was a lot of money. So he did not see that the church needed that amount of money. So he stopped tithing. So he those days, the banks were not very effective, so he, his mother was his bank. And the mom said, my son, you'll be in one so Don't take what belongs to God. He said, oh, no, 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 no. He decided not to tithe. Before long, this man came to his mother, who was saying that, mom, give me a loan. He said, I won't give you a loan because I warned you. What? His finances had gone off. He, 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 he was now entering into debt. The one who was doing very well, who was seeing progress in his finances. But when he decided to touch the seed, he started to be wants. Remember the prodigal son? The Bible said he spent everything, meaning he didn't give anybody anything. He never sowed a seed out of what he had. That's why the Bible said he began to be in wants. The prodigal son, did, can, can I tell you something? The prodigal son did not become poor because he spent just like that. So, one of the reasons why he became poor is because he did not sow any seeds. He didn't help anybody. So, when he was in want, the Bible said nobody wanted to help him. If he had helped other people when he was in trouble, other people that wanted to was in for him. Who have you been helping when you have some abundance? Well, you have some supply. There are people, they are old, they know, they don't help, their money doesn't help anybody. No, that is dangerous living. It's dangerous living. He began to be in want. What? The Bible says he spent everything. What you spend, you've not given away. You've actually used to pay for things for yourself. You have not sold, you have not blessed anybody. He spent everything. And when he began to be in want, nobody wanted to help him. Even the food of pigs, they didn't want to give to him. I pray that God will open somebody's eyes. Seed faith is the secret to endless prosperity. Seed faith is the secret to increasing wealth. Seed faith is the means by which God has given us access to a useful supply that has been available in this world. See it, feet. He said, as every man has purpose in his heart, I told you that the first seed and the most important seed to God is the seed of God. Your heart. So, if you have a liberal heart, you see, you will not mind giving God a million dollars. You will not mind giving God everything. So, what you are talking about over there was not an excuse for you to give God peanuts. Somebody said, oh, I'll grab my widow's mice. Please, if you don't understand that word, don't say it. You know, that, that 
scripture where it says that the widow's mite. Do you know what it means? Do you know what widow's mite means? The widow's mite, Jesus said that was all that she had. So, bringing that your little penis out of your abundance is not widow's mite. If you want it to be widow's mite, take everything I have and come and give it to the Lord. That is what widow's mite is. That's what widow's mite is. You are real. Because of stinginess in the hearts of people, they are looking for excuses not to give God or not to give in abundance. But see, there is a principle I'll be teaching you. When you give abundantly, God also supplies abundantly. What you sow is what you reap. As what you sow is what you reap. Let me go quickly because my time is running very fast. And so he said, every man according as he has purpose in his heart, so let him give, not gradually or of necessity. So there are those who are saying that uh, I'm waiting for the church to be in need before I give. No, it's not about necessity. It should be something that is always in your heart. Ah, uh, why? Right. Give me the amplified version for that scripture. Second Corinthians nine seven. Second Corinthians nine seven is on our. Uh, offering, offering, offering bags. Glory to Jesus Christ. So let each one give as he has made up his own mind and purpose in his heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully. My God, who are the sorrowful ones? Not reluctantly or sorrowfully. You know, that is why some people came and they came to take an uh, envelope in front of the church, and the envelope they want to use it to send letters to their girlfriend because they didn't want to come back and give their offering to the Lord. Glory to Jesus Christ. Now, if you don't send letters to girlfriend, WhatsApp messages and other things work. Amen. I'm just using that as we go speech. Or sorrowfully, or under compulsion, for God laughs. Listen to this. He laughs. He takes pleasure in, prizes above other things, and is unwilling to abandon or to do without a cheerful, joyous, prompts to do it. Have you seen that word? Prompts to do it. Quick. No delays. Prompt to do it, giver, whose heart is in his giving. You see, the heart keeps coming up. The heart keeps coming up. I told you that the, the message I'm teaching, teaching you, I'm building something. I'm building something. If you follow carefully, by the time I finish on Sunday, you'll be a master in this message about prosperity. And you'll be able to work out your finances. You'll be able to work out your finances, growing it, growing it from hundreds to thousands, from thousands to ten thousand, from ten thousand to hundred thousand, from hundred thousand to a million. I have put something in my heart because as I was preparing the message, you know, as I prepare, I'm ministering to myself as well. I was like, no, my finances have gotten to this level. By next year, I want it to hit the a certain level. And that is when God began to speak to me that every one of us, we can change our finances and create a target for yourself, ourselves and begin to work towards it. So there's something that is in my heart that I want to achieve by next year, by this time. An amount of money that I want to have. That doesn't mean I'll stop doing any other thing. But I believe in the supply system of God. His system is based on his faithfulness. His character is unwavering. Hebrews 6, 18, God cannot lie. God does not lie. So his character is constant. And if his character is constant, then it means that what he has said, he's able to also do. The Bible says that for God, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always have an all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work, 
as it is written, he has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness remaineth forever. Now, he that ministers what? Seed to the sower. Both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed soon and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Look at that. So God himself is a sower. God himself is a sower. The principle of giving, the principle of sowing our seed, is something that we need to understand so that our faith in our seed will be very powerful. Will be very powerful. The Bible tells us that a man will, by his prosperity, ransom his life. There are times when you see that the devil is after your life. Listen, there are some things that don't respond to prayer. Get a seed and come and put it on the altar. Pew. What has happened? You will extend your life for another person. You extend certain things in the realm of the spirit. The Bible says he gives the life of others, of others for us. He will give the life of others for us. God has a preference for his children, but it is for his children who understand the principle of life. His principles. Glory to Jesus Christ. Quickly, let me just give you a few principles about seed faith. Number one, what you sow is what you reap. You sow what you want to get. If you want love, sow seeds of love. The Bible says, he that will want friends should also himself be friendly. You want people to respect you. Do you respect people? You want people to show you, to give you their time. Do you give time to people? What you sow is what you reap. If you want, there was um, one man of God. I think Mike Medak, the man believes that mightily in giving and in sowing seeds. He believes in the animal principle, and it is true. It is from the scriptures, and so. Very early in his ministry, he didn't have any money to give, so he took, and uh, what did he do? The buttons, he went, he was in church, and he tore the buttons of his church, and he, saw, he, he gave it at, at church. He sold it at his feet because he didn't have any money to give. He didn't have any money to give, and what he was inspired to do was to use the buttons of the church. So he went home with the buttonless church. Do you know, from that year up to now, every year, God sends people to come and give him huge clothes. He doesn't buy clothes anymore. But his soul fashion is receiving fashion. Are we together? His soul fashion is receiving fashion. First principle, what you sow is what you receive. So when you give money seeds, you get money what? Fruits. When you, the pastor Adeboye spoke about one time when he decided to test this principle. So what did he do? One day he took out his uh, ties and then he shared it for all his pastors. He said from that time, ties. People started buying him ties, buying ties, buying ties, buying ties. He gave out both ties. He started receiving both ties. What are you talking about? Look, I have tried it myself. And about three years ago, I realized that my wardrobe is, is, is becoming a bit old. You understand me? And I also wanted to upgrade to a more fashion-like, stylistic, beautiful way of dressing. And listen to me. I, I, I'm, I'm showing you how it happens so that you know what, the, the genesis of it. What did I do? I took, I emptied my, and I started giving out my clothes. Some of them when I was giving, the Bible said not sorrowfully, but <laughs> some of them I, I was like, this clothes, I have to wear it till I die. I have to wear it till I die. I gave them out painfully. Do you know what happened? People started sewing captains for me. People started giving buying suits for me. People started giving me clothes. And so when I step 
don't say that you are, you are, you are a fashionista. Even my class, when they were doing the best, the most, be, the best dress in the class, they selected me. Can you imagine? And like 100% of the clothes that they were saying I was best dressed, it was as a result, they were my harvest. Harvest of sewing clothes. Shoes. If I, as I'm standing over here, if the specs I'm wearing, glory to Jesus Christ. Are you understanding me? Do you sow what you want to receive? If you want a, 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 a mango, mango fruit, you go and sow tomato seeds. No, you don't sow tomato seeds. You sow tomato uh, mango seeds. So what you want is what you sow. Genesis chapter 1, you read verse 11 and verse 4. It says every tree, every fruit has its particular seed after its kind. So what kind of harvest are you looking for? Look for that kind of seed. Are you looking for money seeds? Look for money seeds and give it. Are we together? So you can start from where you are. You can start from 10 cities. You can start from $10. You can start from 10 pounds. What do you want to see? Are you understanding me? So, first principle, you sow what you want to receive. Number two, healthy seeds bring healthy harvests. Bad seeds bring bad harvests. Or Robert said a story about how, you know, when they were young, his father was a farmer. And so whenever they go to the farm uh, during the harvest, they, they realize something. As the father was harvesting the grains, he saw that while they were doing the harvest, they were sorting out the, the grains. And he put the healthy and the best ones in one, bag, in one bag, and then the rest, he put them in another bag. As they were going for our harvest, and his brother were very excited. And they were like, Daddy, we, are we going to eat the best seeds because the best seeds are looking very nice? And no, we are not going to touch them. The ones that are uh, okay, they are not bad, but they are not the best. They are the ones that we are going to eat. He asked him why. He said that those ones, we are keeping it for the next season of sowing. And the principle was that when you sow the good seeds, it gives you a guarantee of a good harvest. So if you sow unhealthy seeds, you will get an unhealthy harvest. Can a plant share a story? One day, he wanted a bigger aircraft, and so he, he realized that the one that he was having was having problems and it was too small for him, so he couldn't travel to certain places with it. So, one day, he, was, he spoke to Jerry Savelle, his prodigy, like the way, let's say, like the way my protocol are here, they are working with me, so a prodigy, somebody that is under training. And so he told him that, Jerry, do you want to see a miracle? He said, he, uh, Jerry said, yes, uh, meet me in two weeks, I'll call you. What was he doing? He had an aeroplane, and the aeroplane had a bad engine. He spent about five thousand or ten thousand dollars to fix the aeroplane, and then he gave it out. There is a man was like, "Why? You know, you are going to give out this aeroplane. So why will you spend so much money on it?" He said, that, "No, I don't want to give me an aeroplane which will have engine problem." Two weeks later, he called Jerry. He said, "Jerry, meet me at the airstrip. I'm going to show you a miracle." When he went, a bigger aeroplane had been given to him. Somebody had told an aeroplane to fly. That's how Jerry Savell also learned about sea faith. And so Jerry Savell also started sowing seeds and he got his first aeroplane. He also sowed seeds and he got a bigger one. He wanted one that could travel from one continent to the other. You know, not every plane can travel across continents. It's just like cars. Not every car can travel that much. Do you understand me? 
And so he kept he kept sowing when he sold a bigger welcome. He sold a bigger welcome. Just a few years ago, he got one that can travel from continent to continent. You see, you keep sowing towards your harvest. What is the vision that you have? If, if you realize that 10 cities can produce a certain kind of harvest, it cannot produce every harvest. So when you give, you get a harvest. If the harvest you are getting is not in line with the vision that you are having, it means that that harvest is actually another seed. It's another seed. And so you sow, a big harvest comes. You sow, a big harvest comes. Why is it that some of God's children get to a place where there is a block in their flow? It's because they stop their sowing. They stop reproducing the principle. And when you, no matter how old, uh, how long a pipe, a pipe has been connected to the tap, uh, if it is disconnected, the water will stop flowing. You cannot say that, oh, I've been, I've, I've connected this to the reservoir for five years, so now every time water is, is continuously flowing. No, when you disconnect, it's a dry out. It's a dry out. It's a dry out. So you must continuously keep sowing towards your desired harvest. You don't stop. You keep sowing. So healthy seeds will bring healthy harvest. Bad seeds will bring bad harvest. Matthew chapter 7 verse 17 to 20. Look at what Jesus says. He says, even so every good tree brings forth good fruit. But a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. In this case, it's talking about trees and their fruits. It's similar to seeds and their trees. Seeds and their trees. If there's sickness in the seed, there'll be a sickness in the tree. It may not even germinate or grow in the first place. A good tree brings forth good fruits. Neither can a coral tree bring forth good fruits. Every tree that brings forth good fruit is hewn down or bringing not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. Matthew chapter 12 verse 33. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and its fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by the fruits. Glory to Jesus Christ. Number three principle. Mind the soil that you sow in. Even when you have good fruits and you put in a bad soil, it will die. So, when you have your seed, you don't send your seed everywhere. There are some people that you shouldn't give money to. Because some of them, the reason for their suffering is a result of their actions. There's a curse that is working in their lives. This is what my father, Dr. Benfowin, to say, and they bless him on social media, saying that he said that don't give to the poor. Some of the people, in fact, can I tell you something? Poverty is a curse. A lot of people who have sustained poverty, there is a response to curses. And most of the time, it's a curse of seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest. There's something that they did, and the result is what is coming to them. Something that their parents did, that they, when they got born again, or they are not even born again, they've not dealt with, and so they are suffering for most of the suffering and the curses that people are going through. It's seed time and harvest. They've sown something, they touched something that they were not supposed to touch, they attacked a man of God, they touched, look, look, at, look at the curse of Adam. They touched a, a tree that they were not supposed to touch. Look at Achan and his family. They said, don't touch any of the items from Jericho, because Jericho is the first fruit, is the first city I am giving to the people of Israel. Everything over there should be sent to the house of God. Everything over there, both says this for him. Achan said, ah, there are so many, if I take a little God, do not see. Master, hey, the, the best accountant is God. God knows as no coin falls. Look, the Bible says every hair on your head, you know this. 
And you think that one city that he doesn't know? Uh, he knows the serial number on that one city. <laughs> glory to Jesus Christ. I said, glory to Jesus Christ. So, because your tithe is now 1,500, so you are saying that, oh, it was only 1,501. It's one, the one is not, I'm rounding it to the nearest whole number. <laughs> brother, brother, sister, sister. God has counted it. And it's there with his red pen. <laughs> I can just imagine him wearing his pen and just put it down. <laughs> and you say, hey, you think you can smart God? No. Are we together? I said, are we together? This is a principle. This is a principle. So, mind the, mind the word, the soil. Luke chapter 8, verse 5 to 8. Jesus said, the soil went out to sow. And he mentioned four different kinds of soils. Did you realize that the harvest was dependent on the soil? The harvest was dependent on the soil. So, every soil and the kind of harvest. So, if you go and sow, and listen, so that is why overcoming is, 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 is a fertile soil. Are, are, we, are we together? I said, are we together? This ministry, or, or, or you don't believe in a fertile soil. It's a fertile soil. There are certain men of God, when you sow in their lives, nothing comes. Nothing comes. Others sow it like magic. And most cases, go and check this, other, this man of God who you don't see anything. They, they are not given. They are not given. So, their heavens are closed. Their heavens are closed. Ministry that is doing the work of God, that is giving to us, so winning, that is, you see healings, you see miracles, you see souls being saved, you see focus on salvation, you see focus on Jesus, you see a church that is alive. It is a place where, a good place for, so, for, for you to sow your seed. So mind the soil. What did I say? Mind the soil. Mind the soil. Oh, I want to go and give my, my tithe to the poor. Go, go to the soil. <laughs> there are some soils when you sow, you see that you start reaping, you start reaping your next, your next salary that has no income. Are we together? I said, are we together? If it is also very important, that's why, is it, uh, let, me, let me leave this part out. Let me leave this part out. Glory to Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. So mind where you sow what? Your seeds. The soil. Mind your soil. Watch your soil. Number four. When you are sowing, the farmer always sows in hope. Why would our Robert's father pick good seed and put in the ground? It's because he's hopeful of a harvest. When you are sowing your seed, what hope do you have? You must sow in hope and in expectation. In hope and in expectation. Number five. The farmer waits patiently for his harvest. What is patience? Waiting with joy. Not waiting with murmuring. Not waiting with complaints. But waiting with joy. Hebrews chapter 6, the verse number 12. The Bible says we should be followers or imitators of those who through faith and what? Patience. Your sowing was your faith. Your patience is how the attitude of your waiting. Because you know your harvest is coming. That's why if you are coming with your time, come rejoicing. You know why? Because you can see the harvest coming. If you just come and then come out like a blue man. <laughs> yeah, Baba, come like, no, 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 no. You see, come with joy. Come with hope. Come with expectation. Come with expectation. We have heard in this place about people came to give their advice and then they got confirmations and promotions in their workplace. Come with a 
expectation. There is no seed that dies with God. Now when I say die, I mean it best fruit except you don't have the right attitude. And you don't sow in faith. You don't sow in hope. You don't sow in expectation. And when you sow, the faith principle is that be patient. That be patient. Now, the final principle I want to share with you on, the, on seed faith is when the farmer sows sparingly, the farmer will reap sparingly. When you sow as though you don't want to sow, whatever you sow, they say with the same measure, Jesus said, Luke 6, 38, the same measure that you meet out, it shall be measured back unto you. So, if you want abundance, you must have a heart of abundance and sowing in abundance. Every time, if you are looking to be a millionaire, see yourself at a realm where you also uh, you give a million. You give a million. And mind you, when you are giving, be more giving conscious. And, and remember the scripture all the time. It is more blessed to do what? To give than to what? Receive. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Because what you receive, that is the that is the only measure, except you give it. But what you give is a seed and it will bring abundance. It will multiply. When the thing is in your hand, that is all that's the most value. Or you put it in the hands of Jesus. You give it. You give it. There are too many scriptures to confirm this. Go and study it on, on your own. I'm just giving you a guideline so that you know how the principle works. Glory to Jesus Christ. I said, glory to Jesus Christ. Look, where do you want to get to next year by this time? Where do you want to get to? Which level do you want to get to? What are you going to do about it? Lord, you don't have to finish school to get money. Some people have been sending me messages. I'm a student. Am I supposed to die? So you're a student. Are you supposed to get income? Are you supposed to get financial flow? That's the question you want you and you should be asking. What do you want to see in your life? You take the, the necessary action. Are we together? Oh, I'm not working. Am I supposed to die? I get money from my parents. You see, understand. It is not talk about whether you are working. There's a principle of work. I would, uh, I, I, I've spoken about that before. There's a principle of work. The Bible says you bless the work of your hands. Now, what I am sharing with you doesn't mean that, oh, when you give, then you go and sleep. No. When you give, you have to create. That's what, what I, talk, I call the principle of strategic positioning. You position yourself at the place where God will bring the blessing. And most of the time, He will bring the blessing at the place of work. That's why the Bible says you do what? Bless what? The work of your hands. Bless the work of your hands. So if your hands are not working, when the blessings come, what will be blessed? Zero times thousand is what? Zero times million is what? Zero times billion is what? So even if you get even at least one, zero, uh, one times one is what? Hundred times one is what? Thousand times one is what? Million times one is what? There must be something there. If you get two, see the skill faster. See the skill faster. Where they ask Jesus, we have given up everything for your sake. So what were they saying? We have sown our seeds. Jesus said, in this life, you are going to get a hundredfold. A hundredfold of whatever you have given. So the seed principle is what connects you to much, uh, manifestation of abundance. Glory to Jesus Christ. Let me show you just quickly. There's five types of seeds. Five types of seeds. 
Glory to Jesus Christ. Number one, number one is our first fruits. Our first fruits. The first fruit is your first and the best of whatever God has given you. Return to God. If there are two seeds that God considers holy and dear to himself, and it's non-negotiable, number one is the first fruit, number two is the tithes. Number two is the tithes. The first fruit, he says that it's unnecessary. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9, he says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruit of all thy increase. Leviticus chapter 23 verse 20, and the priest shall wave them with the bread of the first fruits for a wave offering before the Lord. The two lambs, they shall be holy to the Lord for the priest. So the first fruit belongs to the Lord. And the first fruit, you can either bring it to the house of God, or you can bring it to um, your man of God, the one that God has given you as a servant. Glory to Jesus Christ. So, the first fruit is, belongs to the Lord. Listen to this one, Ezekiel chapter 44, the verse number 30. And the first of all the first fruits of all things, how many things? How many things? All things. And every oblation of all, and of every sort of the oblation, shall be the priest. He said, you shall also give unto the priest the first of your dough, and he may cause, that he may what? Cause the blessing to rest in thy house. The blessing of the Lord make it what? So he said that the priest can make the blessing to rest upon the house. Are you seeing the principle over here? This is the principle of the seed. The seed carries the word of God. It carries a blessing factor that is released whenever you sow it. Second tithe, Leviticus chapter 27 verse 30 to 32. It says, all the tithes of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. What is the tithe? The tithe is the first 10% of whatever blessing God gives you. Whatever income God gives you, somebody says that, oh, I am not working. No, it is not about working. It is about it if you believe that God is your source. And everything that you ever receive comes from God. That means that there is a portion, at least 10%, that belongs to God. That belongs to God. Malachi chapter 3, he says that you are, that you are, you are cursed to the curse. This entire nation, why? He says that you have robbed me. How did you rob me? You have forsaken the giving of your tithe and your offerings. The tithe and the offerings. Some people are saying that, oh, the tithe have been, the tithe have been negated. There's no more tithe. Listen to me. You see, if you, if you want to tithe, tithe. If you don't want to tithe, stop talking. Because the tithe that they are saying was with the law, tithe did not originate with the law. This, the law came in the days of Moses. But the revelation of tithe was in Genesis. We see it programmed in Genesis chapter 13. When Moses, uh, sorry, Abraham encountered Melchizedek. And then we hear Jacob telling God that if you do all of this for me, he said, I'll give you a tenth of all. So it was a revelation that God gave to Abraham. Remember Abraham was a prophet. So he had insight into spiritual realities. Just like the way Moses would stop God from killing the children of Israel because he knew the wisdom of God. He knew the righteousness of God. Look at what Abraham was praying. He said, far be it from you to do evil. He knew God. So the man was not just giving a legalistic offering. He was not, he was not, uh, it was not compulsory to do it. Listen, tight 
the legalism of it is taken away. And the truth of it as an act of faith is activated. And so when God is telling them that you are cursed with a curse, it does not necessarily mean that God has come curse them all. It means that they are not inheriting the blessing. And when you are not inheriting the blessing, you are already in the way of the curse. Are we together? That's what are we together? Are we together? Glory to Jesus Christ. Oh, you don't, you don't, you want me to cancel tight. Uh, today I, I, I got you. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. When I say I cancel tight, you have canceled that blessing that comes from Titan. And Titan, what does it do? It protects your harvest. When you study about Titan, it's supposed to prevent you from getting into a place where your, your income is attacked by the devourer. There's a devourer that attacks whatever is available to you. But tithing, the Bible says, I will rebuild the devourer for your sake. So your tithing is very, very important to the Lord. Glory to Jesus Christ. We'll read the rest of that, of that scripture. Number three, free will giving. Free will giving, like offerings that we take. Most of the time, it is supposed to take care of church administration and take, uh, attending to the things of the church. And so that means that the care of the house of God is the motivation that that, that is behind your free will giving. If I, let me quickly go back. The motivation behind first fruits is honor. What is that faith motivation that will cause you to give your first fruit? It's honor. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruit of all that he increased. When you give your first fruit, it's like you are thanking God for making resources available for you. And lifting the curse of unemployment and lack from your life. So you honor God. First fruit is another kind of thanksgiving offering. Are we together? Just like the tithes. So the motivation is in honor. It tells God that you are not controlled by money. It tells God that the money that he has given you is not what is not controlling you. Your faith is not in the money, but your faith is in God. Your faith is not in that resource, but your faith is in God. Glory to Jesus Christ. For Titan is motivated by obedience. God said, do it. And so you do it. It protects you from recessions and depressions. Hallelujah. Oh, I say hallelujah. I say hallelujah. So this one is also given at church or given to a man of God that is feeding you spiritually. So somebody sent me a message and asked, uh, I, I attend church somewhere, but I want to pay my tithe to overcome a station. Glory to Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. What answer do you think I should give that person? Uh, when a person has been coming for programs here, has been following our ministry, it's received the revelation that is building their life from this ministry. Amen and amen. I say amen and amen. In fact, you see, in the first place, what to even motivate the person to think that way? You know, at Miracles, have you seen me even teaching about Titan before? Or talk to telling people, motivating people that come and pay your tithe over here. You see, it must be because the person is having an encounter, which is realize that even though I have my name in the church book over here, this is where I receive the word of God that is building me up. I've attended the church before, and the truth is that I've attended the church, I never grew up spiritually. I wish you that. I wish you that. It is not in every church that you get an opportunity to grow spiritually. Most of the time because of the nourishment that is coming. The opportunity for spiritual growth. Amen and amen. Father, amen and amen. Father, amen and amen. Glory to Jesus Christ. 
So the motivation is the obedience. It protects you from recessions and depressions. Hallelujah. Now the free will offerings is motivated by generosity. The generosity, you want to see the good of the church. You want to see the bills being paid. For instance, right now, when many miracles of you and you give the light, are the lights back on? Is, is it back on? So we are running on a generator. And the generator we need, we want to buy fuel. So somebody is giving your free will, your offering today, your mind should be, well, what I'm giving be enough to accept the debts of the church. How is we that? So that the church will not be in black. The church will not be in need. The church will not be in want. Amen and amen. So it is motivated by generosity. Second Corinthians chapter 9 verse 7. As a man has purpose in his heart, he shouldn't give gradually or necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. A cheerful giver. Psalm 54 verse 6 to 7. I will freely sacrifice unto thee. I will praise thy name, O Lord, for it is good. For he has delivered me out of all trouble. And my eye has not has seen his desire upon my enemies. So free will. I will sacrifice freely. The fourth one is ungiving. Given to the poor. Too much to say about that. Too much to say about that. Proverbs chapter 19 verse 17. He that has pitched upon the poor lenders unto the Lord. He that has given, will he pay him again? So when you give to the poor, you see people who are in need and say, I am going to be their helper. I am going to manifest as God's love to them. God says that when you give to them, you are lending unto me. You are lending on to me, and so that he'll pay you back again. So, when you look at this thing very well, you realize that when, when you are giving, you actually do yourself more good. Because nobody owes, nobody owes you. Whatever he gives to God, he gives back to you. And he even asks more, and he gives it back to you. So, nobody can say that God owes me. Nobody can say that God owes me. And then, the final one that I want to share with you, uh, the alms is motivated by compassion. Matthew 6, 6. So, most of the time when you are giving to the poor, it should be done in secret. So, you see that people, they go and give, and then they come on social media, eh, I met this young lady on the street, and then, oh, what she was going to touch my heart, so I'm giving her $200, and it's a blessing, you know, so you also have to help somebody. No, 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 no. they are just doing it for fun. Yeah, just doing it, but it's different from me people are doing a fundraising. That one is a different thing. I see. When the motivation is for publicity, you lose the blessing. You lose the blessing. You lose the blessing. That is why when we do something, we help somebody with school fees or whatever, we don't come and announce the names in front of the church. It has no matter. Because we are protecting the dignity of that person. Are we together? Are we together? Yes, we won't announce it. It's not necessary. And we don't want to lose the blessing. Jesus said that when you, your left sees what your right hand is doing, they have received a blessing. That's all. The funds that you got, that's the blessing that you got. <laughs> God will not give you because you have, you have already taken what you wanted, the funds. Are we together? Are we together? Wonderful. And then the most powerful one which brings abundance is the seed. What we call the breakthrough seed. The seed. The seed is what actually brings the increase. Psalm 126 verse 5 He said, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy And he that went forth and weepeth Bearing precious seed Shall doubtless come again with rejoicing Bringing his sheaves with him Bringing his harvest with him Look Titans will protect your fields 
But it is the seed that will bring the breakthrough. This week, the Lord promised us breakthroughs, financial breakthroughs. This is the answer. The seed. The seed. The seed is an act of faith. When you trust God for a certain kind of harvest. So you sow something, and in some cases it may cost you. Here it says that he that goes forth with CS. Something like David said in the book of Second Samuel, he said, I will not give God anything that costs me nothing. Something that moves you. Why? Because you are driven by a reward. The motivation behind the seed is the reward that you are going to get. It's your faith, and maybe you are trusting God for a miracle car. Are, are we together? Your money is not enough to buy that car, but you have faith that God can provide you that car. So what do you do? You sow a seed to that effect. You are driven by the reward. Are we together? Or you are going through a certain challenge in life, and you want God to come through and intervene supernaturally. Your seed of faith. And you don't need to wait for a program. But it's, it's different from prophetic giving. So we are having a program and the Lord says that everybody should take a prophetic seed. No, that is a different kind of seed. But I'm talking about this, the one way you know what you are doing yourself. You don't wait for a program and then they say, that, oh, we are raising and opening the prophetic word. No, those are different. I'm not, I'm, I don't have time to go into those ones. I'm talking about the one where as an act of your faith, you want to move the hand of God in a particular area of your life. For instance, uh, during COVID year, um, Papa Wise's salary was cut, and then he was supposed to pay his tithes. But he said, I have a covenant with God, and so I'm going to give the same amount I was giving as when there was no COVID. His tithe was on the salary that had been released, but the extra that he had given was a seed. That is why, in the same day, he saw a breakthrough. Now, Lady Linda had that testimony, and she also decided to engage that same seed principle. Her tithe was on a house, I think your salary has been housed or something. Uh, because you see, when they say you are senior staff, you are happy, and so the day they start cutting down salaries, you are the ones that are affected the most. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Her tithe was on the money that they reduced. The expense that she added to was a seed. It was a seed. That is the seed that brought her her first 4,000 galaxies. From that time, she has harvested more than, if I dare say, more than 30,000 or 50,000 galaxies. Are we together? Out of the power of the seed. Out of the power of the seed. We just had bright testimony. In the morning, he gave you first fruits. In the evening, we're having, uh, breaking the curse of the firstborn. And then the Lord called for a seed. He gave something that was, it was, he could not afford to give it. Hmm. His feet was, were paid. Money beyond what he expected came to him. His things, money started flowing towards him. The power of the seed. Are we together? I said, are we together? I said, are we together? So the seed is motivated by the reward. The seed is motivated by the reward. I don't know what are the expectations upon your heart, but God is showing us that there is a seed principle of life. There is seed faith. When you have your seed, your harvest is assured. Amen and amen. I said, amen and amen. This is the way you can work your, your financial systems, your financial elevations, your financial next level. Everything depends on you. I want to preach in Kumasi. And as I was praying and preparing for the service, 
The Lord told me some things. Go and tell them that their financial destiny is not dependent on their pastor. It's not dependent on the church. It is their own responsibility. Everyone must take responsibility for your financial next level. If you continue eating your seed, you will lose your harvest. But if you understand the principle and the power of the seed, you can work progressively and change levels from year to year, from year to year. Do you know what I just saw? I saw people coming to the place where they were giving cars. They were giving cars. They were giving cars. Why? Because God increased them. There are some seeds that take time to mature. Maize does not mature as fast as the baobab. But maize also does not last as long as the baobab. Understand the principle. You have not lost your seed. It is going through a process. In due time, you reap. I say in due time. I say in due time. I say in due time. You reap in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lift up your hands to the Lord. Glory to Jesus Christ. Is anybody who has understood the seed, seed, seed principle of life? Have you understood that? Are you sure? Are you sure? What are you going to do about it? Huh? What are you going to do about it? Are you going to what? You are going to put it into practice. Listen to me. Everybody can do it themselves. You, 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 I don't need to call and tell you, everybody, let's do it this way. No. When you understand it, you can do it yourself. You can do it yourself. Have you You understand me? You can increase your finances. God has called you to be a, a kingdom financier. You need to build wealth. And this is the principle that God is teaching you. This is the principle. This is the reign. The reign of teachings. The reign of doctrine. The reign of speech to guide you. Lift up your hands. And begin to pray in the spirit right now. Rise up to your feet. Rise up to your feet. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. We hope that you've been blessed by this message. For more inquiries, visit our website, www.ebenezaokolipa.com or call 0546-363957. God bless you.